Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. This is Dimity back on our home ground in the Denver CO. Yes, you were you were yeah. on, on the road again. Um, it was me and Willie Nelson, man. We are joined at the hip. Yeah, <laughs> we did our first ever. I feel like it was our first true family road trip. Like we've driven places for sure mm-hmm. um, for vacation, but this was like the intent of seeing things on the road. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was a blast. I have to say I was really, I'm not going to say that I wasn't looking forward to it, but I hadn't really thought about it much. Mm-hmm. And then once we got going, it was just, it was awesome. I, I, um, I'm not a driver. I don't like to be in the car for a long time, but we hit enough spots that I mean, we had two days of eight hours. We drove, oh. we drove from Seattle to Missoula, Montana, and that took about eight hours. But you made a then stop in Spokane. From, you made a stop in Spokane. And we t- didn't make a stop in Spokane. <laughs> yes, we saw the slide, the infamous slide. So I got to tell you, Sarah, so we we went, like I had Grant look up, of you know, mostly my kids eat like pizza and chicken nuggets. So I had Grant and I wanted a salad badly at that point. Uh-huh. Um, and so I uh, had Grant look up a restaurant. And so we went to a place and it was just a nice day. And I was like, I just don't want to sit inside more air conditioning. Like, let, let's go find a park, you know? Mm-hmm. So I looked up a park and I mean, that park is not a park. It's like a wonder world. I mean, it's got, you know, carousel and bridges and waterfalls mm-hmm. and, and, and a, a massive, slide, sl- massive right? slide that comes down from a huge red wagon. Yes. 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 I have to say I, I had built it up to be taller in my mind than it, than it truly was. But I think that's also because your speed was, was, um, and aided by the, by being the moisture on the slide. Yeah. Right? By being wet and, and metal. And let's not forget that you're six, four, so that, or almost six, four, so that, you know, it's so that, uh, you know, someone who's five feet tall, I'm like maybe John, my son, John might think it's a huge slide. Um, but that's funny because yeah, in, yeah, but I, yeah. in my mind, I have built, I've told people it's as as high as a two-story building and then i see the picture of you that you texted to me and i was like wait she can touch the bottom of it um yeah 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 yeah. so yeah i I had two stories that that was a story that i told all all (laughs) spring long while you know sarah went down the two-story slide but anyway (laughs) so so we were sitting in this park and enjoying our lunch and stuff and um and then i was like i'm like this is so big i wonder where the slide is so i mean it's not (laughs) like we went to go find the slide that not our intent uh-huh. but um but yeah so then I you know I looked it up and I'm like oh my gosh the slide is in this park and so we had to go see it so <laughs> my kids went down it I did not go down it uh-huh. Uh-huh. I just took a picture with it so, yeah um, yeah so that was fun oh good um so yes yeah, so we had two eight-hour days um and I have to say the highlight was Yellowstone I was not anticipating liking Yellowstone as much as I did but I came to the conclusion that Yellowstone is like the Disney world of national parks. Mm, like mm-hmm. it is, have you ever been there? No, I have not. Molly, my running partner has been there a couple times and she loves it. Oh, just, just amazing. I mean, and so just the natural features there. I mean, old faithful is, is cool for sure. Like, don't get me wrong. I, that was very cool, but then they have, I mean, they have so many other like hypothermic, whatever hot pools, geo Cache. I don't even know what the words are, but I mean, just all these like natural features. Uh-huh, yeah, I know geocache is not that's not a word. I know, but um, but uh, just like just the the landscape and the, it's so big that mm. you know. So like one night we stayed near Old Faithful, and you know, Grant and I got went for this run that was just amazing. Past you know all these you know, pil- you know huge, what's the word? Huge billows of steam coming mm-hmm. out of random places and geysers and things. 
Um, and then the next day we went to Yellowstone Lake, which or drove, you know, drove around. First we went to like the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone and mm. saw these amazing waterfalls. And then, oh, cool. and then went to Yellowstone Lake, which is, it felt like a whole other part of the country, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's this huge lake um, at elevation, like 7,000 feet. And wow. Um, I have to say that when, when you and I travel around the country and when I used to travel for um, magazine articles, I loved going to places that I, that the landscape itself reminded me that I wasn't at home because I think too mm-hmm. often it's so easy. You know, you, you see a gap, you see a McDonald's, you see a Starbucks and you know, they're ubiquitous. And, but then when you see some natural beauty, that's like, Oh, we don't have geysers in Denver. You know, <laughs> I'm not in Denver anymore, you know, and like, and you know, yeah. that, that you and I and our kids got to go to the coast and, you know, you seemed so happy there and at ease and just, um, really like you'd found your groove out there and it's like, oh yeah, they don't have the ocean. They don't have the Pacific ocean in Denver. So, you know, yeah. you, you knew you weren't at home. Um, so I yeah. like, it's like, so funny you said that because so Grant, so then we took, when we, after we left you, we went to Portland to Seattle, we took a ferry and just, um, from, like an hour Brem- ride Bremerton. and mm-hmm. um, Bremerton Ferry. Yep. Thank you for remembering. And then um, next day in Seattle, we bought, you know, we were talking with Molly on the run the day before about Seattle and it gets expensive. We bought these city passes, Sarah, that mm-hmm. were so, um, I mean, I think the kids were 50 and maybe we were 80 or something like that for adults mm-hmm. that got you into the Space Needle, the EMP Museum, an hour cruise, um, the aquarium. Oh. And then one other thing that we didn't end up doing. But wow. it was awesome because we got to go do all these things and it was kind of, you know, and you can use it over nine days too. So oh. if you're visiting somebody and they have them all over, I mean, you know, I just don't do it, but I have them in different cities too. And yeah. so, so we got to take the for cruise and Grant said something, the same thing. He goes, oh my gosh, you are just a different person around the water. Like we need to move to water. And oh, I was like, it, it was wow, so, so you- noticeable. It was so noticeable wow. out at the coast. I mean, you just had, um, like, it was almost beatific. I don't know. It was, it was, you just seemed so calm and content and um, just really fulfilled. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I just need to be on vacation near the water all the time. <laughs> and then I won't have any problems. Yeah. With me. With me around <laughs> to lighten the mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, then, then you know, then there's no, uh, no issues. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just... Overall, it was great. And yeah, so Yellowstone, I mean, just going, you know, it was like, you know, you go 35 miles an hour, you're looking for wildlife the whole time. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, like it is like, I have to say it's like Disney World a mm-hmm. little bit. Awesome. Disneyland, one of the two. Yeah, yeah so it was great. Um, and I got to run a ton, um, mm-hmm. which was fun. I mean, a ton for me. I just added up my miles because I'm writing about it on our post for tomorrow. And it's I ran 23 miles total, which is nice. more than I've run in a year easily in a week. So, wow, that's awesome. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was just great. It was totally, and the kids are the right age. That's that I think was what made it is they are, you know, my kids are now nine and 12. So, you know, they don't have a specific bedtime. They don't have to nap anymore. Mm-hmm. They're flexible. They can, they'll still talk to you. And, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. They'll still talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. We got that. <laughs> Be seen too. in public with um, you. Yeah. <laughs> forced, we forced a couple hikes on them, which was not, um, you know, super well received, but they did it and mm-hmm. I, I bribed them and they did it. <laughs> nice. So, um, so overall it was great. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So we have a, a special show today. Uh, we are focusing on, um, plus size runners. Um, and it was prompted by the cover of the August issue of women's running and then a feature in the August issue of runner's world magazine. And, um, so we just 
really felt like there was something coalescing around the idea of um, um, focusing on um, heavier set runners. So we wanted to um, bring on two of you know, two people who could talk to that. And so the first guest that we're going to have is um, Jesse Seabor, who is the editor-in-chief of Women's Running Magazine and vice president of Women's Running at Competitor Group. And uh, Jesse lives in San Diego, which is a divine place to run. So she is going to talk about um, having a plus-size model on the cover of Women's Running. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Great. So for starters, uh, please tell us what's your running history. My running history. Uh, I started running when I was a freshman in high school because I wanted to do a sport, um, but was basically unqualified and unable to do anything else. <laughs> and cross country was a, what they call a no cut sport, so anyone can do it. And I joined uh, the team and I loved it. And I've been running ever since. Nice. Nice. Wow. Did you run in college, Jesse? I ran one season in college of cross country and then I did a few marathons while I was in college as well. Wow. That's ambitious. (laughs) Yeah. It is. It is. Not many college students do that. And so, and how long have you been editor in chief of women's running? I've been editor in chief of women's running for four years. Okay. Nice. And did you, um, and has that taken you on any great running adventures? It's kind of a fun job, right? Oh, absolutely. It's the best job in the world. Yeah. Um, I've had the opportunity to meet so many of my running heroes and, um, just being part of the running community is amazing. And so to be able to do that professionally is a gift. Do you get to race a lot or is it more just just covering and spectating and, you know, looking for stories in the races. Yeah. I mean, it's really all of the above. Um, I do race a lot, uh, just personally, and that kind of bleeds into, um, you know, my professional life as well. So I, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. Are you training for anything right now? You know, I am thinking of training for, uh, California International Marathon oh. is in December. Um, I did a marathon earlier this year, and it's taken a while for me to kind of forget how much that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so that's tentatively on my schedule. Oh, that's a that's a fast course and with a net downhill. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a fast course, and the weather is usually good. So, um, it's been on my bucket list for a while, and I've never, I've never been up there. So, I think it would be fun. Yeah, nice. Well, so we we um, brought you on to talk about your August 2015 issue. Um, the cover of your magazine features a plus size model and longtime runner Erica Shank. Yeah. So, describe the behind the scenes decision making at your office to put her on the cover. Sure. So the decision to put Erica on the cover actually came out of a feature we were planning um, to uh, show our readers apparel for all different sizes of athletes. And we were shooting Erica for that feature. And we thought, well, let's put her on the cover to kind of tie the issue together. And it really wasn't until after we had um, executed the photo shoot that we realized that you know, no other running or fitness magazine that we could think of had put a, you know, truly curvy athlete on the cover before. 
Nice, nice. I like your term, curvy athlete. Um, so I have to share an anecdote. So so my husband, who doesn't pay a ton of attention to the magazines that come into our house, mm. so he immediately noticed the cover of the August issue of Women's Running um, with Erica on it. And so my office is kind of near the kitchen. And from the, um, from the kitchen, he yelled out, did you see they put a bigger woman on the cover of Women's Running? And then he kind of paused for a little bit, and, he's, and I was like, okay, what's he going to say next? And he says, I think it's nice they put her on there, and it looks like she's really running. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's nice. Like, I can tell that he thinks that, like, a lot of covers are, like, staged and, you know, just kind of bogus. Like, now take two steps and we'll take your picture. So, um, so you know, I was pleased that he noticed and that it immediately had such a positive reaction. But but it seems as if, um, particularly online, not everyone has reacted so favorably. It seems the cover started a veritable firestorm of reactions, many of them negative. Um, so, so talk to us a bit about that. Yeah, actually, I mean, it's funny. It's funny you say that because we had anticipated um, upon the cover's release for the um, for the response to be pretty mixed. You know, uh, it is unfortunately sort of a um, a controversial thing, and and sometimes seeing different bodies um, portrayed in ways that people are not used to makes them really uncomfortable. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but the response that we received was really overwhelmingly positive. Um, and we did, we actually really didn't see a lot of negative feedback. In fact, we saw very, very little. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good. I often find that the negative feedback comes from the people that want to be what, what, what you're showing, you know? And so from like runners, like, like everybody, I feel like running is such a, close-knit family even though obviously we're not a family but you know what I'm saying like it's a close-knit community right and so like we're like oh sweet go you know you go do your thing girl that's great good job Erica whereas like you know just saying a guy uh maybe who isn't active you know sees that and is like oh what she on the car she's not a real runner you know so um I feel like you know or or it's it's people that say that aren't runners are just the ones that say oh you're gonna hurt your knees running you know (laughs) stuff like that that you know, where it's like, you no, know, if you actually got out and, and, you know, experienced what we experienced, you would change your tune. Yeah, I think that that is really just what you said. The only um, kind of vocal negative response we have heard is uh, that, you know, it's un- unwise or irresponsible to um, to advocate for uh, larger people to start running because they'll hurt their joints. Mm -hmm. And if you're a runner, you understand, you know, running is um, an activity that can be, is of course amazing for your health, but it can, you know, it can wear and tear on your body, but that's true for any size person. It's really not, you know, specific to um, a person who has a certain weight. So I think that yeah. Um, when I hear that feedback that, you know, oh, she's going to hurt her knees. I think, well, that person doesn't really understand what running is. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Is there any comments, um, either a positive or a negative one that stands out in your mind or, you know, or something, a reaction that you weren't expecting or from somebody or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, the responses that stand out to me are really the positive ones. Um, even just, from Twitter, we saw people saying, you know, I saw the magazine come into my inbox, I mean, into my mailbox rather. And um, I almost started crying because I see myself in this cover. So it was really moving. Um, and then another another response that stands out to me is we uh, 
received an email from a reader and uh, she said that she was a, um, you know, a, a larger athlete and she worked at a running store and just the, in the week prior, um, a customer had complained to her boss that she was working there because, oh. you know, the customer didn't think that she was representing um, a healthy lifestyle. And of course, you know, this person is, this woman is um, a half marathon runner. She's, you know, incredibly fit and healthy, but um, the customer had, you know, such a negative reaction to her that, um, that they told uh, her boss that, you know, she shouldn't be working there, which is horrible. It is horrible. And so when she saw our magazine come into her running store, um, she was, she just emailed us to say that she was so happy because, then, you know, customers who would feel that way would see that image and think, okay, you know, runners come in all shapes and sizes. Right. It really so validates her being true. there. And I mean, it makes so many women and, and men for that um, reason, like comfortable to go into that store because it can yeah. be so intimidating. And so to see someone who, you know, maybe mirrors themselves a little more closely than someone who looks like, you know, a toothpick. So, right. um, <laughs> So the um so that you mentioned the um fashion spread that's in the August issue of and it um uh, mainly seems to focus on um plus size running apparel. So so was it tough to find various pieces for the feature and then what advice did the women's running staff come away with from that article? Mm. Well, you know, there I I would say that there are a number of options for uh runners who would normally be, you know, what the fashion industry calls plus size. But um, I think that the options are really um, not in, not indicative of the number of runners that w- would be that size. So mm-hmm. while sure. you know there are there are a number of options, there are some great brands, including um, uh, Lane Bryant has a great line called Livy, uh, Athleta, uh, C9 by Champion, Old Navy all feature um, great apparel for runners of um, of different sizes. But I think that there, you know, this really showed us that there is a greater need there than um, than the offering. Yeah. Yeah. I think also it can be, you know, um, Jesse, I'm sure you go to trade shows like Dimity and I did back in our um, magazine days and you see so much stuff at the trade shows and then you go to a store and you're like, wait a minute, all that stuff from the trade show didn't make it there. And uh, we were trying to find a pair of um, extra large capris for one of our staffers. And it was so hard to find those at running stores. Right, right. And it's just like, well, wait a minute. They make it, you know, the manufacturer makes it an extra small through 2X or 3X, but then a store will only bring it in in small, medium, and large. It's like, mm, yeah, that's not hooking us up, people. Right, so, totally. Yeah. So. And I think that it's tough, um, you know, First of all, I think that a lot of athletic apparel is sized a bit smaller than mm-hmm. um, than other mainstream brands that are not athletic. I mean, uh, I have, you know, there are lots of runners who are conventionally slim who would wear like a size large in, um, in athletic brands because they are sized smaller. So then, you know, you have to, um, you have to account for that in purchasing, which can be both like demoralizing and mm-hmm. um, difficult to find. And then also, uh, you know, a lot of times those sizes that are the larger sizes are only available online. And, you know, any runner knows that you want to put on something that you're going to be wearing every day and moving around in 
Um, you don't want to have to purchase that online and then, um, and then, you know, get it into your house and see if it fits. That, that's why running stores um, exist is because you want to, you know, get the, the feel of that garment because it's so important. And for um, athletes of larger sizes, sometimes it's just not an option. Yeah. Well, and I have to say the stuff you found is really cute. And I, I you know, I mean, I, I remember I used to, uh, the sports bra review for, um, uh, an active magazine and, you know, it was like cute for like size a cup and, and like, you know, good colors and everything. And then once you got to like, the, you know, D double D anything beyond that, it was like black, black, and maybe like a little hint of pink, you know, or something like that. But it's just like, you know, even if you're not, you know, Heidi Klum, you still want to have like cute prints and good colors. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I just think that that's an important, I'm, I'm glad that the, the industry is moving that way and not just, you know, mm-hmm. being like, okay, yeah. let's slim you down. Let's put you in black from head to toe, you know, like that's, that's right. not good. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think that, um, you know, that's totally true. I think there is a, a long way to go still. But, um, yeah, I mean, every person wants to feel good when they're running and, um, and you don't, you're not going to feel great if, um, if your options are weird, baggy, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's part of the reason why we, right. You want to like, you know, you want to have cute clothes, you know, and that, and I mean, I'm not ashamed to admit, like I put on a cute shirt and I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a run now. You know, like there is, there's a little bit of like clothing incentive or I don't know, no, no, quite what the word is, but oh, you know, no, I think like, that's a totally appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good phrase. Yeah. 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 So is this um, cover and feature a one-time thing for women's running or is the magazine going to make a conscious decision to feature more varied shapes of runners? Yeah. So it's always been kind of a, um, a, I would call it maybe a sort of casual goal of ours to represent uh, women of all shape, sizes, um, ages, and backgrounds. But the response that we received from this cover has made us realize that really that this absolutely has to be an aggressive goal, and you know it's not something that we can kind of um, have as a loose guideline. It's something that we have to be really strategic about and thoughtful um, about. So it'll absolutely be um, part of our, you know, integral strategy going forward. Nice. Well, well, kudos. Well, because it truly represents like the middle and the back of the pack, which is where, you know, where our people are for the most part, where your readers are. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't mean to belittle the fast people or anything like that, but only three people stand on the podium. You know, the rest of us are, you know, trailing behind. We are in the wake of the fast, you know, and so there is, there's room for everybody back there, right? Absolutely. And I think that, that, that again, you know, something that runners understand that maybe, um, non runners don't is that if you go to, you know, like you guys know, if you go to a marathon, which is, um, you know, one of the most difficult athletic challenges, a body can do, you're going to see runners of all shapes and sizes, you know, a very small minority are the Olympic athlete bodies, you know, um, and the, the majority of runners, um, you know, look much more like, uh, Erica on our, who, the woman on our cover than they do, you know, someone who's getting, 
the gold medal in um, in the ten thousand, you know. So sure, um, I think yeah. that it's important to acknowledge that and to make people feel really welcome in the community, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's there's lots of room at the end, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, on the flip side of this issue, though, Jesse, you wrote um, about the disordered eating you practiced while while you were a cross country runner in high school, right. um, which is uh, brave and important because that's also, I mean, it's all just one circular thing, mm-hmm. right? Body image, weight, femininity, all that. Do you have some advice for women runners when it comes to weight and running, and you know how you dealt with it? Yeah. Um, so I, when I was when I was younger, when I was in high school, um, I dealt with disordered eating. It's very common um, amongst you know, uh, young women. I think that um, what really helped me and what continues to help me be healthy is to focus on what my body can do rather than what it looks like. And you know, for for me, running initially um, was you know, even though I was on the cross country team, um, a part of it was a tool for weight loss and uh, really unhealthy weight loss. And now I think of running as, um, a tool for challenging myself. So I focus on, you know, putting a race on my calendar and getting a new PR or trying a new distance, um, and centering myself around what my body can do. And then, you know, what my body looks like kind of becomes completely secondary. Nice. Good. And I mean, that that's advice that can speak to people, whatever Mm -hmm. spectrum of the weight scale they're on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what I was, I mean, kind of why I wanted to share um, my story in that issue was I think that a lot of people assume that if you are larger, that you are unhealthy and if you are smaller, then you're healthy. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, oh, definitely. I know, when I was smaller, I was really, really unhealthy. And so you can't make assumptions like on either side of that scale. Right. Right. Awesome. Well, that's a great message to end on, Jesse. And, and thank you so much for joining us. No, it was my pleasure. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Okay, great. Take care. You too. Take care. Now we're going to jump from women's running to runner's world. This is kind of our all media AMR podcast today, right, Sarah? Yeah. Um, we've got um, Myrna Valerio coming up. She is a mother runner. Uh, she's got one child. She's also a teacher, a choral director, and a cross-country coach at Rabin Gap. Oh, come on. Nakuchi. Did I say this word? Ra- I would pronounce it. Ra- <laughs> oh, my goodness. Raven Gap Nakuchi School. Yes, I, I can see okay, some. Okay, just say it fast. Raven Gap Nakuchi School. <laughs> really fast. It's a boarding school in northern Georgia. Um, she is a long-distance runner who weighs about 240 pounds, and she's a subject of an in-depth profile in the August issue of Runner's World magazine. She has a Facebook page and a blog called Fat Girl Running. Um, and so we're excited to have her on to get her perspective. So glad to have you, Myrna. Hi, thank you for having me. Sure. Um, so tell us about how you got started in running. Um, okay. I've been telling the story a lot over the last couple of weeks. So. <laughs> sure you have. <laughs> so I'm hoping all the Put yourself on, on uh, cruise control and tell it again. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So 
1989, which was a long time ago, <laughs> um, I tried out for my high school's field hockey team. And uh, because soccer looked to be too hard, they, you know, they had them running like 10 loops around the field. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. That's horrible. <laughs> and um, so I um, went to the soccer. I went to the field hockey field and um, and it looked like they weren't doing that much running. You know, they weren't doing that much of anything yet. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> you caught them on a break. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm down at the field hockey field. And the first thing, um, after a couple of introductions, the coach had us run five loops of the field and I nearly died. I had no idea what it felt like or what it was like to run that much because I had never, ever done that. And, um, and it was, it was very hard, but by the end of it, even though I was like, I was second to last <laughs> and that was just a warm up. Um, I, you know, I felt really good that I had been able to finish it. And, um, and so right after that, we did a timed mile. Mm. <laughs> Another thing that I had no reference for, I'd, I'd never had to run that much, even in PE class um, at the elementary school level. I never had to, I, I'd never had to do that. So, uh, so I was, it was really bad. It was like a, a 15 minute, 45 second or something mile. Um, again, I wasn't last, <laughs> second to last. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I, so I really, really felt that, wow, this is like, probably something I'm going to need to learn how to do. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, and then we had two and a half hours of practice after that, so, <laughs> oh which involved a lot of running up and down the field. You know, you have a hundred meter um, or hundred yard field um, in field hockey and you're running up and down you're, and, and, you know, I had a stick in my hand and a ball and I had never done any of that. And so um, it was all new to me. It was all very exciting. Um, I was tired. I was sore. I was in pain, but I, I loved it. There was something about being out on the field and running on grass and, um, and just being, you know, being with a bunch of people, um, and being social with them, which I had really never done before either. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was just so fun. And so, um, it was just so different for me. So um, after practice, uh, another new girl and I decided that we needed to get better at running because that's all we would be doing in field hockey. <laughs> um, and so we decided to wake up the next morning. It was a boarding school, so we could wake up and, and walk down to the field and run and then go back up to the dorm and shower and, uh, and then go to breakfast. So that's what we did. We went down to the field the next morning. We ran... Um, I think we did five or six loops, pretty much exactly what we had done in practice the day before. And um, it was hard <laughs> because we were sore. <laughs> and you're, run and you're running on grass, too. I mean, <laughs> we were running on the grass. I did not have appropriate shoes. I didn't have cleats. I, you know, I don't even remember what kind of sneakers I was wearing. They were probably something that shouldn't have been worn in any athletic endeavor. Converse <laughs> or something, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, we started doing that, and we did that a couple of days a week um, into the fall season of field hockey, and we got we both got better. Um, and, you know, the, the coaches noticed. Um, I was able to do the five laps without stopping, and I, that, the, the, the minute that that happened, and when I was finished, I was like, oh, my God, I just did that. <laughs> I just ran so five cool. loops of the field with my field hockey stick. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and the ball without stopping. And it was awesome. It was just the best feeling in the world. 
Um, and, you know, and so that, I, I think that probably was a, a big um, sort of, uh, I don't want to say catharsis, but it was a big turning point for me. Um, because then I knew that, you know, if I worked towards something, you know, and running in particular, that I could actually be successful at it. So, um, so that was, that was the beginning of that. And then, um, you know, when we had spring break and summer break, I would go home to Brooklyn and, and I'd run a little bit. I had no idea how much I was running. You know, we didn't have the fancy GPS watches or the, <laughs> the fancy phones that we have. So it was, you know, I probably only ran like a mile a day or something, but, um, but it felt great. And, and, and I was doing it. I was out there. I'd go out in my neighborhood in Bushwick, <laughs> Brooklyn, and, you know, run to various places. And it was, it was great. And so that, and that became sort of a habit for me. What did your, what did your parents think of that? I mean, were they runners or like, were they like, what, what is, what, give us some background there. Okay. So very few people in my family are um, hmm, athletic at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that's a function probably of our environment. We were in, um, I grew up in Bushwick, Brooklyn, which, you know, it's very urban. It's very, you know, some people would call it the inner city, but it really wasn't that when I was growing up, but it was definitely, bless you, it was definitely, um, it was definitely urban. And, um, and some people played team sports, but those were the people that could actually afford to buy the uniforms and afford the, the, the fees that you had to pay. And my family just, we weren't able to do that. So, um, you know, we, we did a lot of exercise. We ran up and down the block and I lived in a building with all my cousins and aunts and uncles. Um, we went to the park, we, you know, for hours and hours and we roamed Brooklyn for hours and hours, but we weren't, you know, necessarily athletic. Um, and that wasn't something that was, uh, that was the case either in, you know, my mom's generation and my grandma's generation. So, (laughs) I think, I think a lot of us come from that. I mean, I came from a very non-athletic background as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, my mother never exercised. And so it's nice that we are all setting good examples for our, for our children. And, and so, so tell us about how you've, you've moved on. It looked from the, um, from your blog, it seems like you've done several 5k races this summer in preparation for a hundred K race in October. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, kind of take it. 50, 50K races. 50K. I was just about to correct you. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Should I say? Oh. 50K. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 5K in preparation for 100K. Sorry. sorry just yeah, multiply yeah. that by 20. Yeah. No. But yeah. So you run several 50K and you're doing 100K in October? Um, well, that is the plan. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I actually had not planned on doing as many 50Ks uh, this summer as I have. I've done three mm-hmm. so far, and I've got another one scheduled for this weekend in New Jersey. Um, but I, you know what? I just, I love running distance, long distance. I just really love being out in the woods for hours and hours and hours on end. I'm so slow. It just takes me hours and hours and hours. <laughs> so, um, but I love it. And I love the challenge of um, getting over you know, sort of any physical limitations that I think I might have on any given day or any, you know, emotional or mental limitations that I impose on myself, you know, I can't, I really can't do this today, but then, but then I do it. Um, (laughs) and so, you know, I learn about myself, um, a lot during those times, um, especially during the most demoralizing times, um, you know, when you're out there and you've got 10 miles left and you don't think you have anything left in a tank. Um, but I, I love doing that. So, um, that's what I've ended up doing this summer. I did, um, earlier on the summer, I did a 12 hour 
race in Georgia. Mm. And, um, and my intention was to go for 40 miles, but after 30, I think it was 32 miles. I, uh, I said that I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. I did my 50 K I'm done. Um, and then I did the, um, 50 K at the Finger Lakes fifties up in, um, upstate New York or Western New York. Mm -hmm. Um, I did that in the beginning of July. And then I also did the Montour 12 hour race in Pennsylvania two weeks ago. Um, and I, and I did, uh, exactly 50 K. So, (laughs) and it, you know, and it's all, it it is all part of my training. Those are all training races for, um, the 100 K that I'm hoping to do in Arizona at the end of October. Wow. Arizona. So totally Mm -hmm. different climate than your totally different climate. (sighs) And I haven't really done any heat training yet. So I, (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you, is it cooler up in Northern Georgia than it is in the rest of Georgia? It is definitely cooler. Um, especially in the morning. It's, it's actually, it can be sometimes cold in the morning. Um, because we're up in the mountains We're right now we're about at 2,500 feet elevation because we're in a valley. Mm. Um, but you know, if I go up the road that I live on, you know, there's a big mountain there. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I could, I could be at, you know, 3,500 feet or 4,000 feet if I wanted to. So, um, yeah. So, but dry and hot, they'll be totally different. Right. It it will be totally different. And I'm really hoping that I'm, I'm only hoping to finish. Um, and to make the cutoffs. I don't even know what they are yet. And I'll probably look at them the night before. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good strategy. I like that strategy. (laughs) Just because I'm really disorganized. (laughs) I can't think that far ahead. Um, But I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, I'm really excited. I've never, I have not done anything over 35 miles yet. So um, I'm hoping that my, with the, the training that I've done this summer and then with the training I'll be doing in September and October, um, that it'll amount to something. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. say so. Well, and just, I mean, just because we kind of jumped from, you know, running one mile in Bushwick <laughs> up to 50 Ks, I mean, kind of fill us in. Did you, did you run in college? Did you run, like, did you, have you always been a runner since your field hockey days or... Yeah, I mean, How did it was you get up to the 50k different mm-hmm. distance. Great question. It was on and off for me. Um, I continued to play sports throughout high school. Um, I played field hockey and lacrosse, um, and I, you know, I'd run every now and then. Um, just and be, at this point, just because I like doing it. And um, and then in college, I ran on and off. I swam a lot. Um, I wasn't on any sort of team um, in college, but I knew that I needed to keep keep my exercise routine going. So, so I did that. Um, sometimes I do the little fitness walk on campus or, um, I'd run on the track or, you know, as I said, swim. And I really tried to stay active. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after college, I, I worked in corporate America for a, a couple of years and, and I joined gyms. So, you know, again, I was very active. I hiked a lot. I you know, went to the gym all the time. I swam a lot. And then, um, then I met my husband and then a couple of years later, we, we had a baby and I still was active. <laughs> Actually, I like to tell the story about how, um, the day before I delivered my son, I went on a three hour hike. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was just sort of, that's sort of indicative of the way that I, I like to live. And I also wanted to get that baby out of me. Too, so. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you will come out. I am not moving. Stop moving until you get exactly. your little booty out of there. Very stubborn little child. <laughs> He's a very stubborn 12 year old. But, um, <laughs> but, um, and so after, and I, and I remained active, um, for, 
you know, a year and a half after I had him. And then I decided to switch jobs and I moved down to Maryland. Now, coming from New York City, where you walk everywhere, you take public transportation everywhere, you never really drive anywhere unless somebody's taking you, you know, to the country or something. That was a very, very difficult transition for me. I, um, I had to buy a car. Well, first I had to learn how to drive. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I bought my car before I got my license. <laughs> I, I do things backwards. Um, <laughs> And so um, yeah, I moved down to Maryland and my husband actually didn't move at the, down to Maryland at the same time. He uh, decided to stay in New York and work for a little bit. And so I was down in Maryland by myself, you know, single parent, parenting it out. And, um, and I was, it was, the job was very stressful. I loved the job, but it was very, very stressful. And it was, you know, to add to the stress, I had to find daycare and, and my son was sick a lot. And, you know, so, I mean, you know, as moms, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know how yeah, it is. Sure, sure. Um, it was not easy. And um, so I gained a lot of weight, like almost immediately. And I wasn't eating any more than I had previously. Um, I I tried to exercise every now and then, but it was, you know, I was so tired and so stressed and um, that it it wasn't a priority. Um, And my priority priority really was making sure my son didn't get sick again. So I wouldn't have to lose. He wouldn't have to uh, miss, uh, miss out on daycare and the the really wonderful social interactions he had. And then I wouldn't get to miss out on work, mm-hmm. I had to work mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so that's when I started gaining a lot of weight and, um, and I was down in Maryland for three years and it, and it, I did lose a little weight when my husband finally moved back down because I had more time to myself and I would go to the gym in my apartment complex. And I, um, and I took advantage of the gym at my school that I worked at. Um, but then we moved up to New Jersey three years after that. Because believe it or not, Maryland at that time was too far south for me. <laughs> now I'm in Georgia. <laughs> um, and so, and again, the job was was very stressful. I was at a boarding school, and um, you know, when you're at a boarding school, it really is a 24 seven job. You don't really get breaks until spring break or <laughs> or sure. summer break when the students aren't there. So, um, and I, you know, I had a full teaching schedule. I, you know, I had my son who at that point, our first year there got his first case of pneumonia. Mm. Um, and then, you know, had bronchitis and, you know, he's, he's asthmatic. So, you know, so I had to also worry about that. And, um, and then I got sick a lot too. And, um, so that was, you know, again, stressful. I was gaining more weight. Um, and so towards the, I guess the, the, at the beginning, um, right before the beginning of my second year there, was when um, I thought I was having a heart attack. So um, I, on the weekends, I would tutor and teach piano lessons, voice lessons, um, you know, guitar lessons, whatever people needed <laughs> um, down in Maryland, because I still had some friendships um, and students down there that, you know, that wanted, to, wanted me to continue teaching them. And so I did that on the weekends. And on my way back, I felt ch- chest pains, I was driving through, ironically, driving right by the Rodale sign. Where oh, my goodness. <laughs> the, beacon of, the beacon of healthy living that you would then be featured in one of their magazines. <laughs> so, so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> uh, it was right there, right in the um, Lehigh Valley. Um, and I pulled over and, uh, you know, was, was, obviously I was concerned. And, you know, my son was in the back seat, And, um, you know, I calmed myself down. Um, and decided that I would try to make it to Jersey. 
So, which is obviously not a very good decision. To yeah. Make. We don't recommend that. Yeah. In hindsight, but I'm alive now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I made it to Jersey. I was about an hour and 10 minutes away from, from my house and, um, got, got back to, got back to the school cause I lived at the school and, uh, had a colleague take me to the hospital. And, uh, um, you know, it turned out that I was not having a heart attack and it was likely, uh, a panic attack or an anxiety attack. So, you know, I, I had to work weekends. I worked, you know, I, I ran a dorm. <laughs> I had to teach all, you know, lots and lots of classes. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, and then I also had to take care of my family. So, um, so I followed up with a cardiologist the next week and, you know, he was the one in the article <laughs> with his very thick Brooklyn accent. <laughs> um, and he looked at me and said, how, how old is your son? And I said, he's five. And, um, and then he looked at me just point blank said, um, do you want to see your son grow up? Mm. And, um, you know, and every time I tell that story, like, I'm like, oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> it's huge. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and talking about something being a, a catharsis that really hit home and it hit really, really hard here. I was, you know, um, I thought I was okay. I thought I was, I was fine. I was doing it. You know, I was taking care of my son. I was, you know, doing my job really well. I was, you know, I was doing it. And, um, but here I was, I wasn't taking care of myself. And, um, and so, so I said, okay, he said, you well, you need to lose 15 pounds by November. You know, that didn't happen. <laughs> it took me a couple of weeks to, to really get a routine going. But once I got the routine going, I never stopped. And, you know, <laughs> here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I bought a treadmill mm-hmm. and my first mile was 17 minutes and 45 seconds. I will never forget. Oh my God. And I had been really, <laughs> I was really discouraged <laughs> because sure. most of it I had to walk. Mm. Couldn't even run at that point because I at, at that point I was over 300 pounds. I'm not quite sure how much over 300 pounds I was, but it was definitely over 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, because the next time I weighed myself after I'd lost some weight, it was 302. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I got to work on the, on the treadmill and I also had a total gym. I keep forgetting about that. I, you know, I did some work on the total gym, the treadmill, the school had really, really nice cross country trails that I would walk on and hike on and, and then subsequently run on. Um, and then and also the school also had a gym. So I used it and, uh, and I lost that first summer, I lost, uh, 37 pounds mm, great. and, um, you know, and it came off very quickly. Well, I mean, it was also working out like four to five hours a day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so wow. because, because I really, I was real, I was committed. I was in, I was all in. And, um, then I, and then I, I ran a lot. I signed up for my first 5k. It wasn't my first 5k ever, but my first 5k in this, this section of my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I did it and it was, and I, and it was great. I said, I've got to do more cause I love this, you know? And there were all sorts of people at the, the 5k, all, all sizes, all shapes, you know, all genders. It was really, really great. And, you know, and it was a huge social atmosphere, which, you know, being an introvert, you think, I don't appreciate social atmosphere. I like being a, a lot. I like to be around a lot of people um, in my own world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, just listening to you, it's hard for me to believe you're an introvert. You've got, I mean, your energy is like coming through the phone at me, you know, like, which is great. I love it. Or not, which I, I get it. I mean, you know, they're, you know, you definitely, but it's nice to be around like-minded people, right? Yes. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's why I enjoy the running community so much. You know, everybody's going, you know, like there are a couple of, of uh, similar goals that people have. And, um, and so it's nice to be around people who have those same goals and, and care about the same things. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that was the beginning of the, the whole like 5K and like organized racing um, thing. And then I just, you know, then after I did a couple of 5Ks, I'm like, yeah, I'll try out a 10K. Um, how about a half marathon? <laughs> just kept going. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. And we made them, you know, my friend and I that's mentioned in the article, Nikki, we made them field trips. We did our first half marathon together in Rehoboth Beach. And so it was a big field trip for us. <laughs> you know, we got a hotel. Smoking, smoking like a true teacher calling it a field <laughs> trip instead of a girlfriend's that. getaway. <laughs> did you have chaperones ride on a bus? <laughs> Your mom signed a permission slip. I don't think would call it a girl's getaway. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, so- Myrna so, uh, Myrna, when you when you enter races now, I mean, do do people react to you as a heavier set runner? You know, what what's what's kind of been when you when you step on the starting line? Um. Well, I'm always in the back. I always put myself in the back where there are people that. Sure. Look up me. <laughs> so you know, yeah. There's this like immediate camaraderie. Um, at you know, it's, it's certainly at bigger races where there are more people, um, I still sometimes get looks. Like, oh, wow, you know, she's going to be able to do this? Or, wow, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> have, you, have, you ever, have you ever had anybody, like, do you have a comeback? Have anybody, has, any, has anybody ever said anything to you? You know, all of my, all of my like, witty comebacks um, are all in hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. I should have. In your head when you're running, right? In your head that you compose, like, a couple miles in. You're like, dang it that I didn't think of that. Exactly. Well, I'll just put it on a blog post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, people, you know, it's mostly people looking and like taking a second look and, you know, and you can see it in their face that they're trying to figure out why I'm there. Oh, well, or that, oh, it must be that she's trying to lose weight. Or I I did have somebody say to me once at a race, um, well, you'll lose weight faster if you walk. And I'm like, um, actually, I'm training for three marathons. <laughs> so I actually need to run. He's like, oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Of course, you know? there's a man who said that to you. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, and I have had people say, you know, earlier on, when I first started doing longer trail races, oh, my goodness, you're, uh, you're still out here. Wow. Or... I've walked past you three times and, oh. and, you know, not, I don't know what the intentions of mm-hmm. those comments were, but you know, it, people say stuff and you just can't take it personally. Like, and maybe in the moment you do and you're like, Oh, what, what just happened here? You know, it's a mm-hmm. little like microaggression, you know, but, um, but then like if I let every single look or comment or, or whatever affect me, then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, and that's like the story of my life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the right attitude for anybody going in, and I think, you know, I I would imagine that your admirers and the people that are like psyched to see you out there far far outnumber mm-hmm. what you tell you should be walking. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think the the positive encouragement and the general positivity has far outweighed the the negative commentary. So. That's awesome. You know, and you know, as humans, you know, we tend to focus on the negative, but I can't do that. I don't have time. Life is short. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got other things yeah. to worry about and do. So, um, hmm. you know, like if I if I'm going to be affected by it, I will. You know, and but then I'll I'll work on getting over it because I again I don't have time. 
So, so um, sort of along those lines, I loved uh, you ha- had a blog post in March that was called "How to Be a Fat Runner in Ten Simple Steps," and you mm-hmm. and on your blog you had "fat runners" one word, which I loved you kind of coining it and owning that term. So, does does that kind of thinking that phrase or, or putting in that mindset help you with your running, or, or do you find that it helps others get moving? You know, to kind of own it. I, you know what I. Um, I think it's more along the lines of ownership and changing, um, the connotation of the word fat. Mm. Um, and that was my, that was my goal with that particular, well, well, with the entire blog, but with that particular post, um, I really wanted people to one, take ownership and to two, um, we don't need to, you know, abide by the, the negative connotation that the word fat has, you know, and knowing that those, the negative connotations are that fat people are lazy, that we're not active, that we're slovenly, that, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so that we don't have any sort of ambition in life. And that is not true of, you know, all the people that I know, <laughs> whether mm-hmm. they're fat or skinny. Um, and so we're trying to take, well, I, what I'm trying to do is to take that kind of power away from the word and, and to give it a different power. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, if, if, you know, if, if fat people were all those negative adjectives that you just listed off, then America wouldn't be getting anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> with, with, I don't, I didn't even know what the statistics are, but is it over 50% of us? Or oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty close to that. So, I mean, we, you know, we, we, we wouldn't be leading the world with, you know, in, in the realms that we are. So, um, yeah, so that's awesome that you're, you're putting power into it and, and giving it a positive spin. I hope that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so um, and what about the Runners World feature that that uh, was in the August issue, which is awesome, by the way. I mean, what reaction have you gotten to that? Um, all I can say is, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little overwhelming. It has been incredibly overwhelming. I mean, amazing and wonderful and life changing. Um, it has been so awesome to, I mean, primarily to see that there are so many people out there who share the same kind of story that I have or who identify with me in some respect or who are like, oh my goodness, now I'm going to start running or now I'm not going to be afraid to go outside. Now I'm going to get off the treadmill although I love the treadmill, you know, wow. now I'm going to get off the treadmill and, and like show my body outside and not be ashamed. You know, um, now I'm going to go to the gym and not be ashamed. Um, so that in itself has been just, I, I don't know, like it's so heartwarming and, um, you know, you know, like that's the very emotional thing that all these people were reaching out to me saying, thank you so much for sharing your story. And, you know, and I'm still to, you know, still getting lots of emails and tweets and messages and this and that, you know, with people just saying, thank you. Um, you know, of course you, of course there are the people who, you know, have provided the negative commentary. <laughs> of course it has to be there. Yeah. <laughs> right. I have my sister take care of that. <laughs> oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> because she has thicker skin than I do. Um, but, uh, you know, but I can't, and I've read a lot of the negative commentary, but you know, like, I'm like, I know that I knew that that would happen. And I know that there are trolls out there, but I know that there are, there are people, 
um, for whom it's very hard to rock their world and to rock their perceptions, to sort of disrupt their perceptions of anything. And, you know, with with me not being a traditional skinny whatever runner, um, that disrupted their 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 attitude. And so like people are dealing with that. They're dealing with like, you know, what we use in the, like the diversity world, we use the, um, the term cognitive dissonance because, you know, it's, you're, you're having these like opposing ideas in your head and it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to, you know, to be able to fathom somebody who is my size being as active. And, you know, I think I'm pretty successful, even though I'm, you know, last a lot and, you know, second to last, but I, but I finish, yeah. um, you know, so it's hard for people to, to, to sort of wrestle with that. And I think that's where a lot of the negative commentary is coming from. So, um, and that's okay. That's okay. You know, I, I can't fault people for, for wrestling with it. Um, you know, but the trolls out there, you know, we could do without them. All, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of us could do without the trolls. Right. <laughs> and there are a number of that, right? Right. right. <laughs> so, well, well, as long as then we're dealing with, um, a little bit sensitive subjects, the, the article touches on your skin color, um, you're African-American right. And um, you talks about how it makes you stand out a bit uh, in that rural part of Georgia, which I thought was um, intriguing. You talking about the history of that area. And then so at rate, uh, you know, Dimity and I go to a ton of expos all across the country and we are always struck by what a white sport running is. And, you know, like we love going to rock and roll San Antonio because there's so many Latinas there. Mm-hmm. And um, so do you what what do you feel sets you apart more in the running community? The fact that you are heavy set or the fact that you are a person of color? That is, hmm, I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I would say it really depends on where I go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the funny thing is that, you know, my mom comes with me to a lot of my events up when I'm up North oh, that's nice. and, and she looks for the black people. <laughs> I have stopped looking for the black people because I know that they're not going to be a lot of black people. You know, besides I'm not laughing at that, but just do you mean she like points them out that she's like, Oh look, there's another one. <laughs> I have many stories. <laughs> um, and well, the funny thing is that we, you know, I was raised in a, a pretty diverse, oh, well, not very diverse. We were, um, one of two black families in our like in our like 10 block radius um and but there were italians there were puerto ricans there were irish people and so that i mean i thought that was pretty diverse and mm-hmm. so it's, it's interesting to me that my mom looks for all the black people all the time <laughs> because that wasn't our reality mm-hmm. um so uh i think um at, at like trail races that are long I think um, I stand out as being both black and heavyset because you don't typically see those types of people, you know, doing going out for the 25Ks or going out for the 50Ks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might see yeah. um, you know, people going out for the 5Ks and 10Ks, but it's, you know, for me, it's been pretty rare to see, um, to see black people um, or people that I think are black. <laughs> Sometimes people... Don't look black, and they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but it, it it really depends. I, when I was at the Finger Lakes, I think we were the only black people, and so people knew who I was. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> because the, the article sure. had just come out. Oh that yeah. Week. Oh look, it's that black. It's the black girl. <laughs> yeah, it's a black ultra runner. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, I mean, you know, for, that's the thing. I mean, you know, so it's like one thing, like you said, like five Ks, ten Ks, road races, especially in you know in cities like San Antonio or San Francisco or right. Seattle, where there's you know, a, a pretty diverse population. 
but you know, you take yourself up to a trail in the Finger Lakes, <laughs> trail running. I mean, you know, I mean, I even feel like even here in Colorado, it's very white and it's very, still feels very male to me too. So I'm like, you know, that is just a, like, it's, that is a, that's like as far away from, you know, as diverse as running is and it's not, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of not making sense, but you know what I'm saying? It's just like it's the most rarefied the spectrum mm-hmm. of what running is, you know, and here you are like plopping yourself in the middle, which I got to say, <laughs> I am like so impressed. I mean, that is a very, very, you're a very brave person. I don't know. You, you know, you're probably so used to it that it probably doesn't, I mean, you know, I, I don't know that it resonates with you as much as it does just because you've done it so much. It feels familiar, but I, you know, that's, that's bold. You're very, I'm, I'm very impressed. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I mean, it's, if you kind of look at where I grew up, you know, we were one of a few black families and then where I went to school in high school, I went to a, a boarding school and we, you know, I was one of a few black people at the boarding school. And so that has been kind of a recurring theme in my life. You know, I, I teach at a primarily white boarding school. Um, and you know, so it's just another thing, you know, um, sort of within the realm of what I've done before. Um, and I do like being different. Um, I enjoy being different. I enjoy kind of surprising people and, um, and sort of defying people's expectations of me, you know, whether that's in running or whether that's, you know, um, you know, people think that I'm going to talk a certain way or be a certain way. Um, (laughs) I'm a, I'm a classically trained singer. So, uh, you know, when I say I'm a singer, people automatically assume that I sing gospel and R&B and I cannot <laughs> sing either of those. <laughs> you know, give me Schubert, give me Brahms, give me, you know, give me some Mozart, you know, but, um, so there are a lot of assumptions that people have about everybody. Um, and so like, I'm, you know, I'm also in the business and educationally, um, one of my titles at school is director of equity and inclusion. And so that's, I mean, that's just been my life, you know, sort of, sure. um, you know, having going into areas that are not necessarily inclusive of other people, whether, you know, whether it's, you know, fat runners or black people or singers, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Um, yeah. and sort of like kind of breaking the mold. Um, that's, that's, that's sort of what I'm Rock in the world. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so a couple, a couple of like practical things. First, I okay. want to talk about, um, about, uh, tips for getting into it and then also, um, and then apparel. Um, so, you know, if you have somebody who is, re- is listening to this and, and mm-hmm. is kind of discouraged about their weight or isn't sure that they could be a runner, what kind of, what do you, what do you say to people who, who want to be like you? Um, <laughs> first of all, that's very flattering. Um, <laughs> um, I would say, you know, lace up your shoes and go outside. And if you need to start walking and then adding a little bit of running, um, then that's what you do. If you can run right out the door, that's fine too. Um, I would start slowly. A lot of people get um, discouraged because you know they they start out too fast. And I'm not I'm not trying to condone the the slowness with which I run. <laughs> but you know um, you know pace is very important. So um, you know take it easy. Don't kill yourself the first time you go out. 
take a walking break if you need to, take water with you, enjoy the scenery. <laughs> All those things are really important. Um, and know that it takes a really, really long time to condition your body. So, um, you know, again, people get discouraged because they go out too fast and they're not seeing results immediately. Um, you will see results. You will feel the results. I think that's more important that you feel the results inside your body. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you'll feel the results also mentally and emotionally, too. Um, so, yeah, just get out there and go and, and don't care about what people think or say. And people, well, yeah, so, no, that's, you know, you Hey, but Marta, that's easy to say, like, don't worry about what people think, you know, but how, how do you do that? Like, do you just put on your music and just blare and just be like, okay, I'm going no matter what. Or, I mean, because that's, you know, that's a lot easier said than done, especially you know, when you I'm, are not used to being in that public right. sphere and maybe having and I, people I look understand. at you. I understand that a lot of people um, don't have the same sort of um, okayness with self <laughs> that I have. Yeah. Um, you're a very confident person, which is awesome. Again, that's awesome. Um, I, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't always feel that way, <laughs> but sure. sometimes you have to fake it until you make it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I love, there's, um, a phrase that I can turn to Dr. Christiane Northrup, oh, yeah. um, mm -hmm. says that I think is really amazing and beautiful and wonderful. And she says, I love myself unconditionally right now. Um, and sometimes I have to go, go into my bathroom and look at the mirror and say that to myself a couple of times. And then it helps get me out the door. Um, because sometimes I do feel like, oh, you know, my stomach's too big today. I'm feeling really bloated or, you know, I don't feel right in these clothes. Okay. Well then sometimes I change my clothes and <laughs> then I feel better. Um, sure. you've, you've got to know yourself. You've got to know what will help get you out the door. If it's having a goal, like maybe you signed up for a 5K or maybe you signed up to volunteer at something or, maybe you know, whatever it is, um, I think it's important to work towards a goal. Um, you know, you can have your, your, your long-term goal being, you know, you're training for life or you just want to be more healthy or you do want to lose weight, but you have to have smaller goals um, that are reachable, like SMART goals um, that are attainable and reachable. Um, so I would say that as, as a as one thing. And like, you know, make up your own mantra, you know, get together with somebody that maybe has the same goals as you and, you know, make it a, make it a point to get out there with them, um, on a regular basis. You know, um, I think it's very important, especially for women to take care of themselves. Um, so if, you know, if you have children, if you have a family, um, it's very important to make that commitment to yourself. So if that's, if that's your goal, if that's what is getting you out of the door, then, then so be it. Um, but so, you know, saying all that, it's very important to know yourself and to know what will get you out the door and keep you out there. Um, so it <laughs> and, and then you, um, we don't want to take up your ent entire day. You've been very generous with your time. The, um, the one thing that Dimity touched on and that you did there, sometimes you said that you change your outfit, you know, to, to get yourself out the door. Do you have any favorite pieces of athletic apparel or brands that you feel work especially well for your physique and that you'd recommend to other people? Sure. Um, I really love, <laughs> um, I really love the North Face. Mm. Um, I love compression shorts and compression capris and pants just because they hold everything in. It's true for all of <laughs> us. Yeah. Stuff, you know, I don't have stuff jiggling around because that actually makes for a rockier ride. You know? so, <laughs> and it's, it's nothing, you know, 
it has nothing to do with aesthetics for me, um, you know, with the compression shorts. I mean, I just need everything to be held in so that I can move efficiently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love North Face. I also love Under Armour. Um, and Under Armour does sell some stuff in um, extra, extra large. You just have to look for it, which which is unfair, but mm-hmm. that's where we are. So you have to look for it. You know, Amazon, Zappos. Mm-hmm. Um, I also... Um, shop frequently um, online with uh, what is it? Roadrunner Sports because they they have larger sizes. Athleta has larger sizes. There are um, there are definitely um, purveyors out there who cater to or will cater to um, larger people. So again, you have to look for it. Um, you know, Nike has great stuff. Adidas has great stuff. Again, it's a matter of going on Amazon and looking looking at it. Unfortunately, those sizes aren't necessarily at the bricks and mortar stores. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. it's hard for us to, to be able to try things on. But once I, like, for example, once I try on an, like an Under Armour, like Capri, whatever, um, I'll buy five of them <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because, because I know it works. So you have to find, find an outfit that works for you and like get, you know, two or three of them to yeah. last you through a season. Um, and then, and, and I know these things are really expensive, especially with the, like the North face stuff It's very expensive. So I'll buy, um, one piece a season. Um, and it's, it, it's very high quality stuff. So it lasts long, a long time and mm-hmm. I'll have it for the next year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, there, there are, there are places out there that, that do, um, provide clothing for us, but we just have to, um, look. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, Maria, you are just a whole lot of awesome, isn't she, Sarah? <laughs> yeah, she really, really, and truly. I wish we could we could talk all afternoon with you. So, uh, um, so thank you so much for joining us, Marina, and and um, good luck in your hundred k in October. And um, we are we are rooting for you. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Great. Bye bye. Here. Okay. Bye bye. So now I want to go to some ultras and hang out with Myrna. Um, that's- I know, right? I just like party, party with Myrna. Yeah. You have to run 31 miles, but that's okay. <laughs> oh my um, God. Well, on that badass theme, you want, we got our challenge corner from the run walk 13.1. You, you want to read it, Sarah? Yeah, sure. And it comes from Christine Manhart. And she says, today, finding my strong meant training to the plan in the face of changing itineraries. All week, I'd planned this week's five-miler based on having to leave the house at a comfortable 8.30-ish for a family function. When I found out late Friday that we actually had to leave around 7-ish, ooh, that's a big change, um, I tried nine ways from Sunday to figure out how to jiggle the training plan before pulling up my big girl panties and accepting the fact that I was really going to have to get up at 5 and do it pre-dawn. Even even having to double back after a half-mile for an emergency bathroom stop... After all, my mantra was get up, don't think and go and not get up, go and go. I am a badass mother runner. And you most certainly are, Christine. That I Haven't you had to do that, Dim, when you're like, well, I remember you. You had to get up and do how many hours of cycling for your Ironman so that you can make it oh. to Ben's noon soccer game. And I think you like <laughs> yeah. started it like I started in the basement at like three thirty in the morning, I think. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're definitely. And, and doing that math is always just, oh. you know, it's hard because you're like, OK, seven. So you're working back and you you keep, you know, kind of working back incrementally. And you're like, no, 
No, I, I setting the alarm with four as the first number is just really, really hard to do. Like even five oh one feels better than oh, four. Oh, so much, and we, you and I, definitely, I think, both learned that from our rowing days. I mean, I can get up at five oh one and be good all day. Get me up at oh. five forty nine, you know, or five fifty eight or something, and I'm like, is it time to go to bed yet? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's just something about it. Well, yeah. just yeah, doing the math backwards. I mean, you're always so great, and I'm sure that Christine had a great day once it was done. But mm-hmm. yeah, that it is hard. It is yeah. hard, and so I gave her major props because it's easy to bail, right? It's mm-hmm. easy to bail when you have in your head, oh, I'm going to be able to, you know, get up at eight thirty, or we you know be ready to go by eight thirty instead of being ready to go by seven. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a huge difference. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then our song that you picked is um, L King X's and O's. And I love your reason for um, sharing it, Tim. What was it this song makes you feel? So, well, so it's boppy and rocky at the same time, which is, is fun. Like it's got a good beat, but it's like kind of edge to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guitar part, you know, there's an electric guitar. It makes me feel cooler than I really am. Like, oh, I'm listening to some indie rock, you know, <laughs> instead of like my, you know, Indigo Girls from 1984. So, anyway, enjoy this. But they never wanna leave And then if you want to find us and more conversation on Facebook, please head on over to Run Like a Mother, the book. We would appreciate if you would like our page. And also if you would follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we are at The Mother Runner. Please visit our two websites as well. You know, and just spend all your time online paying attention to us, please. Um, our, our, website, <laughs> don't run, don't run. <laughs> our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com. Our three books, Run Like a Mother, Train Like a Mother, and Tales from Another Mother Runner are available on Amazon. And uh, no matter what size you are, many happy miles to you. I love myself unconditionally right now. Yep. Amen. Amen.